It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko. He's your host, James Rapine. We come to you today on this fine December day, a little bit of sun outside here where I live, James, and we're going to talk keys to the game as Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert will face each other for their first time in the NFL. And that is the primary storyline of this game. When you look at it from a 10,000 foot view, it's two young ascending quarterbacks from the same draft class, two guys that were rookie of the year candidates before one of them got hurt last year. And one guy that was crowned like it or not Bengals fans, Justin Herbert has been crowned by many as the next great thing in NFL quarterbacking. And so that is absolutely, I think where the storyline starts James, but despite all of that, the way the Bengals have been playing football lately. And when you look at the matchups of this game, I'm not sure it's the right Joe we're talking about on this offense. That being said, let's start with the Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert conversation. Yeah, it's it, it's going to be about it regardless, right? Even if Joe Mixon runs for a buck 50 and the Bengals win and Herbert throws for 400 and, and Joe Burrow has a third straight game of under 200 yards passing, I think it'll be who wins. And, and that person gets the bragging rights, uh, you know, for better or worse. That being said, I, I don't know. To me, and I, you know, I've talked to multiple, you know, coaches and players this week, and I get it. The Chargers last in the NFL against the run. At the same time, is are they that bad of a defense? Like, is it, are they going to just steamroll them and, and be able to do that? I I don't know. And so, if if they can, great, because it keeps Herbert on the sideline and prevents him from uh, doing the next big thing type of things. If the, if he is indeed that, and certainly physically, he looks the part there. Um, at the same time, you better believe Joe Burrow's up for this game because earlier this week he talked about, yeah, I was never supposed to be the number one pick. It was supposed to be Justin Herbert. And he knows uh, that he's going to have to continue to prove himself and that people are going to, like you said, be quick to crown Justin Herbert. So can you imagine losing to Justin Herbert, Joe? Then they're going to instantly say, that uh, Herbert is the number one quarterback in this draft class. And a lot of people, as you mentioned, already do. And, you know, that's probably not fair yet. We don't know really. No, we don't. How, how these guys' careers are going to go yet. They've both had their ups and their downs. Joe Burrow, if you go by PFF grades, a little bit higher graded than Justin Herbert, has thrown the ball like 100 less times than Justin Herbert this year. A hundred less times. And has a similar number of touchdowns and a similar number of interceptions which tells you something, right? A hundred less attempts, similar interceptions and touchdowns. The big difference is Burrow's yards per attempt, about a yard better than Justin Herbert. Talked about that a little bit 
in the uh, crossover episode yesterday that the Chargers doing a lot of quick passing game this year, not as many shot plays. And mm-hmm. the Bengals have kind of gotten away from success on shot plays lately too, but that the case or not, they're finding yards per attempt, even if they're not targeting the ball deep downfield because they're getting guys in space in the short game as well. So it will be very interesting to see the balance of, of passing versus running in this game for the Bengals. And I think that's the first key to the game is can the Bengals make it two Joes versus one Justin? Can can Joe <laughs> Mixon do enough in this game that Burrow doesn't have to do everything? Because we we talked about, you know, how bad the Chargers rushing defense is. They've given up more than a hundred yards more than the second worst rush defense in the NFL, which is the Houston Texans, by the way. So they're they're worse at defending the run than one of the worst teams in the NFL. They're worse at defending the run than the Detroit Lions, who have not won any games, who teams have been running against to close out games all year. 145 yards a game. That's a lot. But, and I think I mentioned this, fifth best passing defense by yards in the NFL. And where does that come from, right? That comes from Joey Bosa being a good pass rusher, mm-hmm. Uche and Mosu being an okay pass rusher on the other side, Derwin James and Nasir Adderley being a, a nice safety tandem. But their corners, I think, leave something to be desired. So you, you like the Bengals there. And the, the opportunity to run the ball and keep Herbert on the sideline and keep this defense on its heels and not let them do what they want to do, That that to me... It's going to unlock so much in this game. We've talked about game script game all week, and I'm going to reiterate it today. I think game script is huge in this game. Get off to a hot start again. Don't don't throw a pick six on the first drive, and and you can look like you've looked the last two weeks instead of the way you looked against you know the, the Cleveland Browns. And the one other thing that that you said that I wanted to comment on, you talked about Joe Burrow saying he was never supposed to be the number one pick. He also said that he had a goal to be the rookie of the year last year, and that was taken away from him. So if he needed any more motivation, he's going against last year's rookie of the year in Justin Herbert. Yeah, and, and look, I agree with you. In a perfect world, that'll be it. You'll get the run game going. You'll set up some play action. Joe Burrow will throw it 25 times, and you'll hit on a couple explosives, but it will be the Joe Mixon show. That would be ideal because – then you're putting your defense in a position to succeed against the most talented offense potentially they've seen this year. You could put the Packers in that category. You put you know a couple teams there, but uh, arguably, I think it's arguable that uh, the Chargers are, uh, especially when you look at their skill guys. So, with that said, I agree with you. That's ideal. But this Bengals team, assuming in the this is when we get into the offensive line and, and health of Riley Reef and all of that stuff, I think they're talented enough to win a shootout. Like I I don't want to come across as, especially to the new listeners, and I know you're not you don't mean it like this, but this isn't Joe Mayfield. Joe Burrow could throw for 450 on the Chargers on Sunday, and the, the Bengals are comfortable playing that way. And they don't really honestly, I don't think they really give a damn where. Uh, either ranking is it's it's how the game plays out so yeah if they get behind I don't think this is a Miles Garrett's on one side Jadavian Clowney's on the other and Denzel Ward is is on our best wide receiver and it's going to be really tough for the Bengals to come back of course you always want to get off to a hot start but I, I don't think it's that bad of a matchup for them and that if they need to throw it if they need to play catch up 
And you don't want a Jacksonville situation where you're down 14 nothing, potentially 21 nothing halfway through the game. Um, I, I think they're capable of doing that. I think that this is this isn't the Browns where they're going to be able to run the ball at you a ton, put heat on Burrow. Yeah, they can. They might put some on, especially if if Reef is out. But even with that said, I think that the Bengals match up well enough that they'll be able to move the ball down the field and and push the ball if they need to. Yeah, I, I think that that's possible. I don't know about pushing the ball downfield necessarily. I don't know if those opportunities will be there. I think that's going to depend a lot on how the running game goes early and if Brandon Staley makes those adjustments, right? Because Brandon Staley, his whole thing, like literally his entire brand is we're going to play too high and you're not going to beat us deep. And and he got his job because he was able to take away this this the explosives from guys like Patrick Mahomes. And if you can do that to Patrick Mahomes in that kind of offense and, and you're selling out to do it, or maybe not selling out isn't isn't quite the words, but you're designing your defense to do that, that, that could make it hard. So I do think that that will be very context dependent. But what you said, James, that, that stood out to me there that I really agree with is the, the Bengals can take an attack the way they want right now because enough things are working in enough areas that they can, they can do what they were criticized for early in the season and they can build off of each part of the offense, right? If they're running the ball well early, they can build off of that and find the passes they need and be efficient in the passing game like they were last week in a very complete dominating win over the Pittsburgh Steelers as they look to carry that momentum forward. And you're also right that I think this is probably the best offense the defense has faced. So Maybe we need to talk a little bit about some of the defensive keys to the game as well, and maybe we go there coming up next. But first, I got to tell you about Boost Mobile. You listen to podcasts for the power of knowledge. You switch to Boost Mobile for the power of saving money. You listen to this podcast. You know I'm all about saving money. With Boost, you get the power of a free 5G phone so you can listen to all the latest episodes of Locked On Bengals, whether it's Spotify, and shout out to everybody that has Send us your Spotify wraps or Apple podcasts or wherever uh, you're listening or watching us. The power of three unlimited data lines, by the way, on Boost Mobile for 30 bucks a month per line. So your family can harness all that brain power too and watch Locked on Bengals as well as listen to us wherever you go. And it's one of the America's largest 5G networks. So you're going to have quick speed. It's going to be efficient. Switch to Boost Mobile and find out. Not only are you going to save money, but you're going to get great service as well. Get a free Samsung Galaxy A32 5G when you switch to one of America's largest 5G networks. More power to save. Boost Mobile free phone is limited to new customers, one per line. Additional restrictions apply. Offers coverage not available everywhere or all for all phones or networks. See BoostMobile.com for details. This episode of Lockdown Bengals also brought to you by our favorite protein bar on the planet. That's Built Bar. James's favorite, my favorite, had a coconut brownie chunk today. That was my breakfast. You get the best of both worlds with Built Bar. Delicious and healthy. And not only that, right now at BuiltBar.com, they've got more flavors, I think, going on on their website for the holiday season than I've ever seen before, including some puffs. If you haven't tried the puffs, some of the puffs are really good. It's like a chocolate-covered marshmallow, but it's but it's a protein chocolate-covered marshmallow, which is kind of a ridiculous thing to think about. But whether it's raspberry, mint brownie, cherry, double chocolate, they've got a flavor you'll love. Uh, the, the coconut brownie chunk for sale right now 
by the way, or the blueberry that James is eating if you're watching on YouTube. Built Bar will give you the extra fuel you need this holiday season. So go check it all out at built.com. Promo code LOCK15 will save you 15% off your order at built.com. Promo code LOCK15. James. We've talked about game script. You got a mouthful of built bar over there. So I'll talk for a little bit. No, here. I'm happy. We're good. You're ready to go. James is this. Let's go. A professional built bar eater. Obviously they, they stick in my mouth a little bit. Sometimes it takes a little time to process the protein, but they are fantastic. So we talk game script. Mm-hmm. Who do you think the best pass rushers to have in the NFL are? when you're winning a game and the other team is dropped back passing, like statistically <laughs> in terms of productivity, who do, who do you think those guys are? I'm going to pretend I didn't see your tweet and answer this, uh, you know, the way uh, I would have, if I hadn't seen the tweet. So I would have started with like miles Garrett. I would have said Max Crosby. I would have, um, I'm trying to think, but maybe those, maybe you do throw out, you know, a Bosa, Joey Bosa. Um, Guys like that, and I'm probably missing one or two, but I know the answer. So, without uh, further ado, let's uh, l- let's uh, give our listeners the answer. Yeah, I think Joey Bosa jumps to mind for a lot of people. Some of the people answering thought Joey Bosa, and since it's me asking the question, everyone's like, "Oh yeah, one of those is Hendrickson," which it is. Uh, but the other one is Miles Garrett. The 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 two top guys when PFF looks at pass rushing grade and productivity and and win rate in pure passing situations where there's no play action, it's not a screen or one miles Garrett who has like a hundred more opportunities at this, by the way. And, and two, Trey Hendrickson, those two guys on a rate basis on an overall productivity basis are, are the best pass rushers so far this year in, in pure pass sets. So you, again, you throw out play action, you throw out screens, all this stuff. If, if the Bengals get, the chargers in a drop back passing mode, you take Mm -hmm. away the run game. You're up 14, you're up 10 points or something. It's a third quarter late in the third quarter. Trey Hendrickson is a weapon. And we've really started to give a lot of love to these guys as the season has gone on specifically Trey Hendrickson, as he continues to somehow get a sack a game, more than a sack a game, uh, depending on how you measure sacks. And it's a great matchup over there this week with Rashawn Slater, the Chargers rookie who's playing at a very high level. Talked about that a little bit in the crossover yesterday. But the Bengals also have had their issues. I mentioned the Browns game when they become a drop back passing team. And if Riley Reef can't go this week or he's, you know, noticeably mm-hmm. affected by his injury, by his ankle injury against Joey Bosa, you really don't want to be a drop back passing team. If you're the Cincinnati Bengals on offense, you want to be able to continue to hand the ball off to Joe Mixon to use the play action boot game when they start selling out to stop your run. So to me, we talk game script for offense and Joe Mixon and Joe Burrow and all this stuff. I think it matters just as much for for the defense where, yeah, Justin Herbert can make all the throws. But when you can make a team one dimensional, the Bengals have a weapon now in Trey Hendrickson that can make life difficult for the other team. And they forced a bunch of turnovers the past couple of weeks. And that, that there's such a ripple effect with that. And I can't help, as you mentioned, that game script, Trey Hendrickson getting pressure to think about Jesse Bates. And I, and I tweeted out uh, a couple clips of him and, and posted them on my YouTube where he referred to Justin Herbert as a kid about 12 times, it felt like. And 
look, there's like a two year age difference and he, do, he doesn't mean it to be insulting, but what I think is he sees all the potential Herbert has, but he still gets confused at times. And there's still, and he, and again, I'm reading through things and totally um, just assuming that's the case, but I, I do, I think that Herbert's going to give you some opportunities, especially, you know, deep downfield, if you're getting pressure on him and you have a lead early. So I agree with you. And and that's the part of it. I don't know if Burrow needs the script that way, but boy, what a luxury it would be for the defense to have a lead, to put pressure on Herbert and, and to really know what they're dealing, you know, be able to, to put Bates back and it'll probably be back there anyway, but put these guys in a position to do what they do really, really well. And obviously Hendrickson can get after the passer and, who knows? Ten and a half sacks right now. Maybe he can get to that fifteen mark. Can you imagine if he gets to fifteen? I think the over under, by the way, from Bet Online was fourteen and a half uh, for the year this week. So you know, can he get uh, you know five uh, and, and break that? We'll see. But uh, you know, or four and a half, I guess. Yeah, good good math, James. But uh, either way, it would uh, it would be good. But no, I, I agree with you. I think the the game script will matter there because Herbert could maybe just maybe get, give up a, a you know a few balls to a few turnover worthy plays but the other thing is i don't want them to be able to run it with eckler and, and, and not just eckler they're running backs i don't even want to think about that trying to stop austin eckler from catching the ball it sounds like my nightmare i think it just sounds like um in in logan wilson didn't really say much on thursday when i asked about it but that is what nightmares are made of i would much rather deal with anybody else I think on the field, including Keenan Allen, then a guy like that, that's so damn shifty that is just so small. And then he, he, he could find a crease and then boom, home run. It's just, uh, I, uh, I would not want to face uh, Austin Eckler. So that's uh, you, you know, if you're not having to worry about the run as much, then you can focus more so on the pass and more so on, on Eckler and, and all these weapons on offense. And when you compare the Chargers to the teams where the Bengals have struggled in run defense this year, which is really mostly just the Cleveland game. And and they've given up some rush yards outside of that, but it was really against Cleveland. I, I don't necessarily see the similarities. Matt Filer looks like he might be back this week at left guard. And that, that's actually a big deal, I think, because the guy they have playing left guard is is bad. And, and it puts a big hole on that offensive line between Slater and Corey Lindsley, who are both really good, right? And if they fix left guard and Filer's back and he's like an average player, now they're okay on one side and they can dedicate their efforts to, okay, we need to give a little bit of help on the right side where they also have backups playing. And it makes it a little bit easier for the Chargers to to deal with some of that stuff. But in the run game, I, I, I remain, I think, very confident in, in the way the Bengals defend the run. And and we talked about it in the crossover. It starts with the front. It starts with DJ Reader. I think he's the the key piece that that glues this defense together. He, he's an under-heralded, under-praised, under, I don't know if he's underrated. I think he is underrated, actually. Underrated player on this team who is is one of the best interior defensive linemen in the NFL period. And, and he's certainly not getting that recognition. I think he's an easy pro bowler in the AFC. It's not like he's doing it like Gino did, where he's getting the sacks and, and being the disruptor in the backfield. But he is pushing the pocket, which helps these pass rushers on the outside. And he's just been like so consistently incredible 
in run defense and, and doing his job in the run game. I, I don't see, I mean, the Corey Lindsley DJ reader matchup could be really fun to watch, but I don't see the chargers as, as a super dangerous matchup for this Bengals rushing defense, but we'll see. There, there are a lot of factors in this game. I, I think I told you James, before we started that I see matchups on both sides of the ball that are a little bit scary. And maybe we'll talk about some of those to finish up the show before we get to James's prediction. Oh, my prediction. I'm sure you have a prediction for Sunday's game. Well, you might as well make a little money while you give it. And Bet Online has you covered all season long. Prop bets, whether it's Jamar Chase's Offensive Rookie of the Year odds, Joe Burrow for Comeback Player of the Year, or the Bengals handling the Chargers, their sixth loss of the season. You can get all of that in one spot and wager on all of those things at betonline.ag. And right now, not only are you going to be able to use their updated desktop or use their mobile website, but you're also going to be able to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit by using promo code locked on. So whether it's betting on my golden state warriors and yeah, I said it, my warriors, cause I love a little Steph Curry or maybe it's the college football playoff odds, all of that. And so much more one spot betonline.ag. Make sure you use that promo code locked on bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Hey guys, it's Joe Marino. Being around sports media and a fan of the Buffalo Bills for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line or could a coin flip have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what-if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, Dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, and new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts, and you can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. James, I mentioned some scary matchups in this game. There's a reason the Chargers offense is the number three offense or was the number three offense in DVOA going into their game last week against the Broncos where they had their issues. And Justin Herbert had his issues and Vic Fangio's defense in Denver reminded everybody, hey, I'm a Vic Fangio defense playing at a mile of altitude. The Bengals will have to deal with that later this year. That being said, Justin Herbert's still really good. They've got their left tackle who, you know, maybe this is a game Hendrickson is going against the best left tackle he's faced all year, and he's going to have to go against Trent Williams next week, right? And so maybe there's a little bit of a scary stretch coming up if we're projecting, you know, a worst case scenario for for Trey Hendrickson. So maybe these wide receivers turn Eli Apple into a pumpkin and and the horse-drawn carriage we've seen the last couple of weeks getting interceptions. Oh my God. Disappears. So th- there's a, there's like a worst case here. I'm not saying all this is going to happen because people in the YouTube comments, I can already see them in my brain. You guys think Jake is too negative about the Bengals? Well, I'm just, I'm just painting a worst case scenario here. We've talked about all the ways the Bengals can win. I'm just saying Justin Herbert, Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, 
Corey Lindsley, Slater, Eckler, these guys present problems. And I, I do think this is one of the best offenses this team has faced this year. And now they do have some injuries to deal with and, and the defensive line can make noise and do its thing. And, and the defense can try to impose its will again. Certainly. Mm-hmm. But th- there's some things that are scary here, and like Eckler on the linebackers is one, and and going after Eli Apple, which a lot of teams have tried to do lately to vary degrees of success, is is the other one that those two things kind of scare me. Looking at this out the gate, yeah. So first thing you you said, you know, apple into a pumpkin. I would have said applesauce turns sure. him into applesauce. That would have been funny. Um, but you know, I, I have bad jokes on the podcast. You usually don't, and no, we both that. do. It's it, but just saying applesauce missed opportunity that being said i agree with you i think bold prediction and i'm just guessing here i'm not reporting it or anything i think chidobe wujiel probably i would not be shocked if he followed mike williams and then they just kind of let keenan do his thing because they move him around some and they just try to make sure apple isn't on an island with keenan when that's there and you know you're gonna have mike hilton anyways and you're gonna have to deal with that so uh that's part of it um, but yeah, my, my scary one, I agree with you. That's concerning Two, No, this is a good test for Trey Hendrickson. Cause he should beat the rookie, you know, I, as good as he is, right. If, if he's that you'd expect him to have a bad, uh, you know, a trick or two in his bag to, to get by him on, on crucial situations and make a game changing play and game script could have part of that. But again, the scariest matchup to me too. Two of them. There, there's an underrated one, and then there's a really scary one. Austin Eckler versus anybody. Maybe I'm overrating him. I think the dude's a beast. I just think he's uh, he's. If I had to pick right now, a better pass catching back in the game, I don't know if there is one. Christian McCaffrey's played eight games the past couple of years. Alvin Kamara's been injured. I know everybody worries about Austin Eckler's injuries, but he's a freak, and uh, and so I think he's a really tough threat out of the backfield. And then the other thing is, is Jared Cook is kind of overlooked now, and I know he's really really old but he's a big bodied guy that can be really good in the red zone and uh, not, not a scary matchup. I'm not scared of him, but I think it's one of those where you could do everything right. And then Herbert like throws a 30, 30 yard dart to 87 for a touchdown. And you're like, what the hell just happened? And, and so that that's going to be the importance of Hendrickson and other guys getting, getting pressure and making Herbert uncomfortable. Yeah. And I do wonder, you kind of look at who, who is Rashawn Slater face this year? is Trey Hendrickson going to be the best pass rusher he's oh. gone against this year? I think there's a legitimate question there. He's faced Yannick Ngakwe in the Raiders. I think that Trey Hendrickson is a better pure pass rusher than Yannick Ngakwe. He faced the Browns, so that was Jadavion. Young. Or no, he actually did face Miles Garrett. So, you know, there, there's a really good competitor. How do you do? Competitor. I, don't, I, I don't have it up. Do you do okay? Well, that was a 42 to 47 game. So I would say both offenses did pretty well. Miles Garrett had a sack and a tackle for loss in that game. Just looking at the very basic box score yeah. on ESPN.com. Okay. You, but, you but, would take that if you're Rashawn Slater, I think, going into that game. Yeah. And, and they face the Patriots. And I know the Patriots have had some success on the edges this year. Matt Judon, the Broncos yeah. Uh, traded. Yeah, Matt Judon. The, the Broncos traded Von Miller. So he's not there. But they still have, uh, what, Chubb and... Bradley Chubb just came back. So they okay. might have missed him. Yeah, so so maybe not, maybe, but it's going to be an interesting battle, that mm-hmm. one. And, and then just obviously the ones from the Bengals' offenses on the field is is Bosa, Derwin James. Know where those guys are. Have a plan yep. for those guys. Attack elsewhere. Attack the weaknesses. Because the Bengals, 
Well, for one, the Bengals have done a really good job of going after weaknesses lately. You saw 42 get picked on. I, I still won't say his name. On <laughs> James Fierre, I guess I'll say his name. Yeah, I'll, I'll put some respect mean. out there. His name's James. Yeah, I put a little respect on yeah, him. Yeah, but he, he's a stealer. Uh, so, so you know, they, they've done a good job of isolating weaknesses going after them. You know, Alex Highsmith in the run game last week, 42 Pierre yeah. in the passing game. And so can they do that again on offense and, and have a good strategy? They had a good plan for TJ Watt last week, have a good plan for Joey Bosa again this week, have a good plan for Minka, have a good plan for Derwin James. They're, they're different players. They're both playmakers. They both play safety. So, you know, it, it's a lot more complicated than that, but those are the obvious keys for, for the offense, right? If they want to execute consistently, against a defense that has some clear weaknesses. And I think they're set up for that. So let's just go nightmare scenario. Riley Reef doesn't play. Isaiah Prince makes a start at right tackle. And it's just like, oh my God, Joey Bosa versus Isaiah Prince. It's going to be a field day. And Bosa is going to think that. And there's going to be a lot of analysts that say that. Or or if Riley Reef is just hobbled and not 100%, well, you're going to have to give him help. You're going to have to give Prince help. So regard, you know, if he's not 100%, especially. But you probably will anyways, right? Um but the Bengals are built, and this is the fun part to me. They have a quarterback that excels pre-snap that most of the time gets it right, that they trust to make the right diagnosis, the right decision with the ball. They have weapons all over the field. So if Derwin James is you know, in the box the whole time and they're slowing down the rushing attack, well, then they, they should be able to do something with Boyd or, or Higgins or, or Chase. And Burrow is patient enough. We've seen it the past couple of weeks where he's not going to force it downfield unless they have a big lead, and then he tends to. Um, so to me, this offense, and you said it earlier in the podcast, like they should move the ball. They should be able to, and you know, we'll see injury wise, make sure you, you follow us on Twitter and everything like that. We'll keep you up to date, uh, about the injuries, but they, they should be able to do that. And if they do that, this should be a game. This should be an entertaining game. This should be one where they're very much in it. And I don't know how many national personalities um, that were analyzing this matchup before the season would have said that. I think a lot of people were picking the Chargers in this game, picking the Chargers to make it a potentially a deep playoff run. And now the Bengals, when you look at them on paper, I think they're very similar talent-wise and better in certain areas. I think their skill players are probably – it's real close, right? And, and their quarterbacks are similar. And in the defense – they have bigger star power over there, but are the Bengals more complete? And so, yeah, this uh, it, it should be a close game for sure. Yeah, I, I think that I could see this one going either way. I've I've had some pretty strong feelings the last you know couple weeks that I thought the Bengals <laughs> had, had a pretty good chance at, at coming out of those games victorious, and uh, you know a little bit closer on on the Raiders and the Steelers probably. But it's been a while since I had that Browns game feeling where I didn't have a great feeling going into that one. That's not there this week, but it's very easy to see this game going in a number of directions. And it's very easy to see big swing plays having a massive impact on this game and seeing the Bengals defense not able to quite do as well in stifling their opposition. But if they do, if this is like the Ravens game, which was a bit of a surprise to both of us, where they somehow do stop an offense that we expected to be able to to move the ball at least against the Bengals. And then it could be a really fun Sunday for Bengals fans, James. But 
let's go let's go predictions some Bengals slight favorites in this one three point home favorites and I think minus mm-hmm. 160 or something like that straight up where are you as you're looking ahead and doing your prediction for Sunday you're right the defense isn't going to be as good and look I'm not criticizing the defense they shouldn't be as good honestly on paper going into a matchup like this I think it's going to be a shootout I think the Bengals are going to win both ways and I get it, the too high, everything like that, Brandon Staley. I think it'll be mixing early, and then I think they're going to need some bigger plays, and maybe it's not you know, 40 yards through the air to Jamar Chase, but I think Jamar Chase gets loose for a big play or two, and it's going to be a close one because why wouldn't it be? Burrow, Herbert, round one, it's going to be a shootout. In 20 years, we're going to be talking about how crazy all of their matchups were in the playoffs, but in this one, Joey B and the Bengals get it done as I try to get to 500. I'm five and six. I'm close. Damn it. I can taste it like I'm about to taste this built bar when we go off the air here because I got about half of it left. Give me the Bengals 38, the Chargers 34 in a fun, wacky, wild, I would say at least three turnovers between the two teams, a bunch of weird, crazy plays. You probably pull half of your hair out in your apartment watching this game, Jake, but the Bengals find a way to get it done. 38, 34. The last time you projected a score where both teams were in the thirties, the Bengals blew out the Raiders. Yeah. So let's get one of those again. AFC West team too. So you never know. It'll be interesting to see if the scores get that high. The Bengals, the only game the Bengals have played that's gotten two teams in the 30s was the Jets game, right? Yep. And they're not facing Mike White. Yeah. It's a much worse quarterback, (laughs) obviously. Much worse. Man, we should probably stop this podcast before. You should. Yeah. I think that's it. James thinks the Bengals win by four. I don't know if it's going to be quite that crazy. But, hey, uh, sign me up for a fun game. You know, it's Touchdown. it's the first half. It seems like the Bengals games and, and Jets game aside, I know we just talked about it where it got away from them at the end. They, they if they can win the first half, they're they're this team that's built to finish games. And hopefully they put themselves in the position to do so against the visiting Justin Herbert Los Angeles Chargers. We'll be back on Sunday after the game with takeaways, a recap and hopefully a Bengals win. Until then, Bengals fans, hootay, and have a good one. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.